Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Barbed Wire Bite Podcast. I'm here with your host, as always, Pitbull Number One, aka Gary Wolf. What's up, guys? What's happening? Did you did you have a good Halloween? I had about I don't know, like 19 kids. Maybe 19 kids maybe came by my place. That was about it. Slow. Did you wear your wrestling outfit? No. <laughs> Honestly, though, back in the day when I lived in Philly, I lived in South Philly. So I was only like 10 blocks, 12 blocks from the arena. So I'd have little kids knock on my door all the time. I lived around the neighborhood. You know, plus, like, especially nights before shows, you know, we have a few people over and, you know, we'll have like a happy hour before we go to work, put it that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they all know who you were there, didn't they? Uh, yeah, we had a little click, our Philly click, you know, we were cool. We kept it low. We didn't want too many people into it because then it would have got out of hand, you know what I mean? And we don't want to be blamed for something stupid that happened. So we would honestly, most of the guys from like Steve Stone Cold, uh, Mongo, he used to always come by. Rick Rude used to hang out with us, you know, a lot. Steve Rude was, we got to the point where actually, I remember my, we were doing my neck angle. When I broke my neck, we were doing that angle. And I had my halo on, halo one, and I had, you know, it was like a two and a half hour drive. And they were like, you don't have to come to the building yet. You don't have to come to the building yet. Because Paul knew when I walk in there, everybody's going to get freaked out when they see me walk in with a fucking halo. That, that can fuck with other people's heads, you know, then you get the yip yips, you know what I mean? You don't want that shit. So I get it. So I was like, no problem, you know, I don't blame I'll, I'll stay home and fucking. I had to be miserable, you know. But I got about two and a half weeks, three weeks into it, I started getting used to it, wearing it. So four weeks into it, it's in me, it's on me. I can't do nothing about it. I just have to thank God it's summer. You know what I mean? So I just had my wife hose me down the backyard like a dog. You know what I mean? You couldn't take it off. It was connected to me, to my head. So. I just had to take the felt, the felt, the inside would come off and I put a new inside on, you know, have you washed and that shit like that. So, but that, that was fucking crazy, dude, you know. And then, like I said, we would just hang out, we'd do happy hour and then we would head to the arena and get ready for work, you know, for the big shows, you know, at the arena. Most of you guys lived out there. They didn't fly a ton of people in, did they? Uh... Uh, Sabu had his own bus at one one spot at one wow. time. Yeah, uh, I was I was traveling in that motherfucker with him. That was awesome. Uh, nah, I mean, Shane was Pittsburgh. This wasn't bad. I don't think he flew in. I don't know because you know the times were different back then, and it was crazy. You know, flights and shit. I'm sure Tommy, I'm, most of the New York guys, uh, they would fly in one or two guys, three guys here and there, I guess. You know, 
but I didn't realize, I thought they were flying everybody in. <clears throat> at one point we were at that stage where all right, we're all going to Florida. So none of us lived in Florida. So we knew we were gonna be on a plane. And that was cool. You know, going out of Florida with all those crazy guys and being in ECW. And we just did that Orlando Daytona loop. And then we were out. Yeah, I always liked your Florida shows. You only did them a couple times a year, though, it seemed like. Nice. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, we, we had a blast. You know, you, he would say, look, we'll fly you down if you want. Some of the guys are like, fuck it. We'll just rent a car and drive. It'd be a lot cheaper. And they didn't care. You know what I mean? Like, I remember once uh, we were going to Florida, and I had to take care of business. I had to take care of something. And... I said, I ain't driving, man. I can't drive. I said, I can't drive. Though. I'm not going to drive. And Aunt and Sam and were like, screw it. We're going to drive. Fuck it. You know what I mean? I don't care. You know, so I was like, all right. So I got, I met them down there and it was cool, you know. But I didn't want to get on that drive because I knew it's crazy driving. I've been on the road with Sam and a lot, a long time, you know. I was actually taking, I was actually talking to Todd Gordon a couple of days ago. He told me, he's like, look, bro, you should tell him a story when we went to Ted Petty, rest in peace. The Cheetah Kid passed away. We the, the van, we took the Sandman van that drove us to the fucking seven. We went uh, to New York where he's getting buried. And Hack was a mess, man. He was a mess. Like he was up drinking all like we we left the night early just so we don't have to get pressured to getting there on time. You know what I mean? The way Sandman drives is he drives there's a half a gallon of vodka sitting right there. You know, it's crazy, you know. And he brought his wife and me and Todd Gordon are sitting in the back. And we're like driving down. I remember we're going down the turnpike, man, and I'm telling you. It got bad. I mean, we had to like practically dress them to take, get them to the funeral itself. You know, that in itself was a mess. And then coming home, it was like we almost killed them. We were going to kill them. Literally. It was at that point we were like, dude, we got to beat the fuck out of this motherfucker. You know what I mean? It has to happen. It just does. I mean, if he didn't, if Todd, Todd didn't grab the wheel, I wouldn't be talking to you today. That's how out of control it was. You know what I'm saying? Like the wheel was let go. The van started fucking swaying. You know what I mean? And Todd happened to be the closest guy to the wheel next to Lori, Sandman's wife. And Todd actually jumped over him and grabbed the wheel. And got, at least got control. That scared the shit out of us, man. That and it was it, it wasn't it, it was a rib, but it wasn't a rib at all. It was just it was one of them times where holy shit, like angels on your shoulder. That you know, that's how close. That's how it felt. But it was crazy, man. Did Todd kind of keep Sandman in line? Oh, I had to keep Sandman in line sometimes. Yeah, every yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tried to, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, he would say, okay, you got to pull out. got to stop. You know, he'd stay up drinking all night. You know, it was just, every, it was just a bad time 
in in my in our business, in my business, restaurant business, that everybody was passing away. It was just it was just fucked up, man. You know what I mean? Like nobody. Uh, it just started hitting us, but we didn't realize it until we started looking around, you know, and seeing everybody else. You know, when you're in the ECW, you're in ECW, you're locked in that little block. I didn't care what WWF was doing. I would watch WCW because I knew I was going there next. So, but. I always gave Sandman a lot of credit because he was not in fighting trim shape, so to speak, in ECW the first run. But when he went to WCW and he had to be, you know, just hack, he got, I could tell he got in better shape. Um, actually, he seems like he's a pretty decent, like actually Matt Matt wrestler. Like he's he was really good. He was really sound because he couldn't, you know, hit people with shit. So he actually was really good over there. What what Sam what Hack brought to the table was when he came to the business. He was in he was a rugby player. He used to play rugby, so he was tough. He was already tough, so he could take a hit and it, it didn't. You know what I'm saying? That's how he was. When I first met him, I mean, I, I, I even told him, I said, you're, you know, he's bigger than me, he's tall. You know, he's like, he's got to be 6'4", right? 6'3", something like that. Yeah, I'm not very tall, so everyone's yeah, tall to I'm, me. I'm 5'9", yeah. So, yeah, I mean, same here, like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, yeah, Hacker, I, I would say he's like, I would say six, at least 6'3", six, 6'4", six, you know what I mean? But, but he can move. With that body, he can wrestle. And he could, you know what I mean? And like I said, I met him in Philadelphia. I told you the story before and uh, he did it. So he's a man. Did you watch AEW this week or last week? I should say. It was the big uh, Halloween match at the end, the dark order in their costumes against these super elite in their ghostbuster costumes. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I did see some of that. I loved it. I know a lot of people have been shitting on it because they were like dressed up. And it was fun. I had a good time with it. They did it for the kids, the young kids. They're kids themselves. You know what I mean? They're just giving everybody a different product. That's how I look at it. I, I mean, I'm not, I would watch that. I, I, I could watch AEW. I can deal with it. I could watch it. You know what I mean? When it makes sense to me. Uh, I saw Taz's boy wrestle. He's terrible. <laughs> Eddie Kingston was on him and Brian Danielson tore it up. I loved that one. Loved it. Brian Danielson, that match was awesome. And you see the side? I mean, look how look at his shape that Dan, uh, Brian's in now. Oh, he's in great shape. Probably the best he's ever been. He's got time now. He gets seek. He's got time. He's probably working two days a week, right now. You know, so right now he's, he's thinking. You know, this is the perfect time. This is like, okay, let me get my fucking body ready because next he's he's doing Japan, and he's been in Japan before. He was in Japan for peanuts, man, peanuts. Now his brothers will get paid. You know what I mean? It's time. It's just the way it is, man, in the business. That's how it always has been, will be, and it will always be that way. 
You will have your superstars in Japan. You'd have your superstars in America. It doesn't matter, man. But he's the next to go back, but go back bigger and better than he was before. He's going to get paid like AJ and like Jericho. You know, imagine if AJ goes back, we'll have to give him a night. God, he'd be, he'd have to be close to a million for a night's work. Yeah, it's, and he started that whole huge thing. So you know where he's going to go after that. He'll probably go right to AEW. I mean, Adam Cole did it. I can't believe it, man. <laughs> now, who do you got this week? This week is the match I'm very curious for. It's the finals of the Eliminator Tournament. Moxley against Orange Cassidy. I, I don't foresee Orange Cassidy winning, but the owner of the company, Tony Khan, openly admits that's his favorite wrestler. But Moxley is also on a whole nother level. So I'm curious what kind of match these two are going to put on. I bet you this will be the first time you'll see Orange Cassidy actually work, like have to really work hard. He's going to work his ass off. Moxie's going to go out there and work and run him. Because that's what, he's, that's, what John, that's what he does, man. You know, that's how his style is. That's how I like it. I mean, I can see it. He's in Japan. He's probably getting 100 grand a night there right now. Easy. You know, just with, with my being on WWF. And, you know, I don't know why. They, I, don't know, I don't know who's going to be doing business. All I know is Japan better be doing business with AEW. Then, then there's going to be a problem, man. I'm telling you. If I said if, they, if New Japan and AEW were, were capable of working out some kind of deal, they will make a lot of fucking money. Yeah, and that's that's to the T. I know that for a fact. They would kill it. I want to ask you not not last week, but the following week, the previous week, because we didn't have a show last week. Previous week, uh, Dark Side of the Ring did a, kind of a smear job show on Rob Black's XPW. Rob Black was not on the show, uh, but the Messiah was, Sabu was, uh, archive footage of New Jack was. XPW is going to relaunch in about four days. Their new TV show's up. Now, did you think the Dark Side of the Ring portrayed that kind of accurate in the fact that they said Paulie had a deal with Rob to work on the West Coast. And then when he got the TNT deal, he just fucked him over. So Rob was like, you know, fuck you. I'll start my own company. I worked for him. I mean, I can tell you, what do you want to know? <laughs> was, was he, I mean, I heard he paid really well. He took care of us. I'm not going to lie. The Pitbulls, when we went as a tag team, uh, actually, Big Dick was the, was the one that got us in. You know, Rob Black was looking for a tag team, and Big Dick was there, and it was like straight up, you know, he's like, dude, use the pit bulls because they're in Puerto Rico now with us. You know what I mean? And they got the belts. So he fucking brought us in. And it was cool. It was all right. You know, he brought us in. I, there were so many things. I would have never went to or did in my life if I didn't even work for Rob Black. 
you know? did, what was he like? Was he the booker too? Because I know I've heard he was the booker and I've heard Shane Douglas say he was the booker. So I've heard two stories. I, don't, I mean, I, 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 Shane wasn't really there much when I was there. It was different people there. Uh, that's when they were actually trying to make a, their own uh, gangster team. Like the gangsters, the new Jack and Mustafa. Like I don't know what I don't know if they had a deal with somebody else or what the deal was, but they wanted them. But they brought us in to go against the team that they were building up like them guys. You know what I mean? So later on, Rob can get New Jack and Mustafa to show up and wrestle his New Jack and Mustafa, his gangsters. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> he was the booker. He was the fucking boss. It was like the show was actually about him. I mean, no bullshit. That was my only issue with it was because it was his, he was the, <laughs> the evil owner with the black army and all that. And, and I, it, I'm not singling him up. I didn't like when Bischoff was the evil owner. I didn't like when Rob Black was the evil owner. I like when Vince was, and then Vince unfortunately had to bring his whole family into it. I, I think the evil owner thing has long run its course i pray to god i never see tony khan on tv but uh black you know from what i, I remember was, i heard i'm gonna cut you off i heard he wasn't really a tv person like he didn't want to be on tv like, that's that's always, good that that is good i mean look at this i mean he got to the point he was fucking wrestling he was an ecw heavyweight champion Tell me, man, if that itself does not show you what a mark he was for us. Mm -hmm. he, he couldn't just admit, you guys got a good thing. Let's back you up and make more money. Yeah, we'll give you more money, Paul. You know, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. You bring us in, you had the A stay fucking team. You had the B team. We could have been the C team. You know what I'm saying? Back then, you, you'd be hitting three cities at one night. And that's how it was. He didn't want to do that, man. And I think the original idea was Shane was supposed to take it over. And then all of a sudden, Vince changed his mind. That's a father and something. You know, been through that. Well, on the XPW, they were kind of making it out like, um, oh, this was a cheap ECW copy, which I understand the similarities, although I think XBW went a lot crazier with some of their guys, but they kind of made it out like it was a horribly ran shell of a company. But I remember on the DVDs and the TV shows from back in the day, even going back into the VHS, there were some good houses there. I mean, you, you guys worked in some pretty decent-sized buildings. You were in the arena a bunch of times, too. Dude, it was... <clears throat> I, Missy High... I think when we were there, Missy Hyatt was our valet. So she would just hang out with us. And over there, I mean, he was a, he owned the port. They were doing porn movies, like right next to the next, the next like building or the next door down the hall or something. They were videoing something. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here, man. He's like, this is California, bro. He was making a lot of money. I think his father, passed away or something, gave him the company and he took it over. And I mean, he had some tapes, I love tapes that were worth so much money. It was crazy. But he always, he always paid us. I never had a problem with him paying me. 
But uh, yeah, the way they, they portrayed it, it, it made it seem like he's always wanted to be in charge, wants to be on the he wants to be Vince McMahon. You know what I mean? Why? They had his own thing. The only time I got kind of like, and I get why he did it. Like, I think it was toward about the middle. Once ECW folded, here comes Sabu. Here comes the Sandman. Here comes the Pit Bulls. Uh, Who else? Here comes Cronus. Here comes New Jack. They started bringing in a ton of ECW people. So it almost kind of felt like a, I guess that's why maybe people would think it became kind of a copy, but they had their own guys, you know, Messiah, Supreme. Uh, They had uh, GQ. I can't remember. It was a GQ money. He was he did the home invasion where he tried to rape uh, fucking was what was Black's wife? Was that Lizzie Borden? Oh, yeah, Lizzie Borden. He tried to rape her when Black was comatose. I mean, their show really was, I mean, it was tacky as hell, but I mean, it ran for a long time. It was good. It was, it was what a hardcore independent company should be, in my opinion. I liked it. I gotta make sure I gotta look at some, I gotta make sure I ain't on none of them tapes. Uh, they're all on YouTube. <laughs> Douglas and Candido. When Douglas went there, I didn't like it because he was still he was recycling his ECW stuff. It was 100% recycled. Yeah, we were go- when we were there, we were going against Public Enemy and shit like that. So it was like, welcome home. You know what I mean? Is it right back to business? I mean, I remember Rob freaking out. We were doing we had to do a match, and I remember running around. I had to run down Hollywood Boulevard actually to go into the building. That's one of the places we ran we would run right on that fucking road with stars and shit. Uh, yeah, we fucking knocked that whole XPW fucking metal thing over, man. We knocked that fucker over. I thought people were gonna die. I was like, are you sure? You know, and Teddy uh Rocco Rock was like, Yeah, man, fuck it. You know, let's flip it. And we did that. He went crazy, man. I remember he was just like running out of the back, pulling his hair out. He thought somebody got killed. I mean, he went, he made sure he always got in that shot one way or another. You know, we were going to the finish anyway right there. So it was like, yeah, you know, he was part of the finish pretty much. But he came up to me one time, man. We were there another time. Uh, I think Missy... Uh, Missy Hyatt was there still. She might not have been. But uh, we had a wrestle with the gangster guys, like I told you. He brought me a script. He came in the, came in the room, and he's like, here you go. Pitbull one, take it. I'm like, you got it, brother. You got it, you know? Leaves a girl in there with us. Missy Hyatt sitting in the back, just like chilling on the couch, relaxing. Laying sitting there. I'm reading this. I started reading this thing. And I'm like, are you fucking high, man? <laughs> are you fucking shitting me? He wrote out the whole match step by step and move for move. I'm like, I, I, that's impossible, bro. I mean, you're you're asking for something. You don't do. You're not even included in the cage. I I mean, I must have went through three, two or three paragraphs before the cage was even mentioned. You know, and it was like, okay, we got a problem. You know, and then he's like, we need color. We need color. And 
I was just like, all right, well, no problem. That's no problem. And you're like, what about you, Anthony? Do chair shot, do chair, chair shot. And I said, no. And Ant said, yeah. And I said, no, man, you, you take too many fucking chair shots. And I remember we actually got in an argument that night. He's like, what the fuck, man? I'm the one that takes all the fucking chair shots. I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm telling you. I don't want you to do anymore. I mean, you do enough, you do enough of them, for God forbid. You know what I mean? I said, it's getting to the point where I can start seeing a difference. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Concussions fuck you up, man. Oh, yeah. Now, they had Luke Hawks on there, and he was talking about how uh, he covered his head, and they said, well, Rob Beck was going to pay him back, and he handcuffed him up, and Supreme had to give him a bunch of unprotected chair shots. I don't know Luke Hawks, I, 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 and this is nothing against him, but I'm not an idiot. I watched him, and I'm going to imitate it. I'm handcuffed or whatever. I'm chained up. He takes the first chair shot, and, and he drops, so he's but if you watch his hand, whatever he's hooked to, he's holding on to it. He's not like just hanging there. He's holding himself up to take these chair shots. Do you really believe Black would say you covered yourself up, hit him in the head 10 times with the chair for payback? No, I don't think Luke Hawk would, would stand for that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know. I used to always bust his balls when I, sat, when I seen him. I would always tell him, get big. Size one, size one. Now I can't get him to shut up. <laughs> All he talks about is my arms. <laughs> oh, he made it a point in that episode every few minutes. But yeah, and then I was, you know, it's like he's like trying to flex the whole time. I give him props, man. He, and, you know, he's been in the business a while. You know what I'm saying? He never really got his big. I don't know why. I, I personally don't know why he, he's, he should be working in Japan. Not with his son. And he should be there by himself, working solo in Japan. He's that good, I think. That's my opinion. He can hang with those Japs over there. He's got it. Because now he put size when he could take it. Before he was so he was real little. But Everybody does things differently. Something that you shouldn't take a picture of and then open your mouth to somebody about it. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. So he did do some stuff like that that pissed a lot of people off. I don't know if he had heat with who, but I, I do know he did something stupid. But did Messiah do something stupid? Do you real? Do you believe he? Well, I believe he fucked Lizzie Borden, but do you really believe Rob Black put a hit on him? A lot more people than Rob Black fucking Lizzie Borden, bro. <laughs> I would think that if 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 I had the money, the adult entertainment money, and I put a hit on somebody, they'd be bringing me back your dick and not your thumb. <laughs> I met, like I said, dude, I met some fucking crazy characters, man. I'm not going to bullshit you. That's why I'm actually... I mean, when I saw that XPW show... I was like, it brought back memories like, oh, shit. Like, that blonde looks familiar. You know, but she's a lot older now. Oh, the one <laughs> with all the tats, like, on her throat and that? Yeah, she used to be really, really cute. No disrespect to her now. She's just like all of us, older. Yeah, big time. And uh, 
Lizzie looked the same, but I didn't know that they locked uh, her up too. Yeah, they both got it. I uh, I kind of wonder if he never would have got locked. And I really don't get that. I mean, what he was making wasn't like it was illegal. It was just rough porn. It was rough for the time porn. It's weird shit, but I don't get why he went to jail. I guess, though, if you keep challenging the government, they are going to come after you. Yeah, I didn't realize they were, he, he was having that much problems with it. You know what I'm saying? I just knew he was just so into his XPW. I mean, it's hard for me to see him switch the camera off from that job and going to his porn job. You know what I mean? Because he, he just wanted to act so bad. It was just so bad. I mean, it was like porn movie acting. If you watch some of the videos and some of the shit, man. And yeah, so I guess that guy that he was pushing was banging his girl, which doesn't make any, I don't doubt that for a second. No, I don't doubt that. Okay. And number one, if you're going to get in a business, you you keep your girl home. You don't bring her in the business. Okay. And if you do, I think you're, well, I hope it doesn't happen, but inside, I just see bad things down the road, bro. <laughs> you know, that's how I look at it. I just always looked at it as a work. I mean, I've said that before. I, I think the guy had it. I, I don't know. I think he was in on it. I think he had somebody cut off his thumb. That's, I don't know. him. that's, that's my opinion. I don't, uh, I don't know. It just seemed too weird to me. I mean, I look at my, I'm looking at my hand. I don't know. How much, how much money would you take for your thumb? Uh, you could buy my thumb. You can buy a couple fingers. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and that's real, right? Supposedly they cut somebody cut off his fucking thumb. Yeah, and the way Sabu told the story was they they were sp- shut up, dog. They were supposed to cut off his dick, but instead they got the thumb and didn't think the guy would notice. It's like that's like the plot of a bad comedy. I mean, if I paid you to bring me back a dick and you brought back a thumb, you you two would end up in the gutter. So well, maybe that's why they never caught him. I don't know, but. Then the rumor was that maybe it was New Jack that did it because he he looked like one of the composite drawings. And to me, that was great publicity. You know, it made America's Most Wanted. And everybody, what's that's, this XPW stuff that I'm hearing about on Fox television, you know? That's what you want. Honestly, he, I mean, but he went to, he went to the extreme, <laughs> you can say, to get that done. I'm not going to deny it. I mean, yeah, he was pretty crazy. I mean, but like I said, there, I got to do a lot of things that I would have never done in my life. lifetime. I remember we were there for Halloween. Shut <laughs> up, dog. The dog doesn't like XPW. <laughs> oh, shit. But we had two shows. So one of the shows got canceled. And that was the Halloween night one. And I was just pissed, man. I was like, man, are you fucking kidding me? I'm sitting in a hotel room by myself. Because we sometimes me and my partner would get separate rooms. So we have our own room. 
because he likes to do his thing, I like to do my thing, you know. So, so next thing you know, the girls that were on the show, two of them came up and wanted us to go out with them and go to, you know, Halloween parties. I said, fucking no, no, I'm staying home, man. I'm ordering the pie. Fuck it, I'm pissed off. So my partner was like, fuck it, man. He goes, I'm going with the girls. I said, go. You know, I'm, I'm chilling, man. I'm pissed off. Because he's not even kicking me back half the money. You know what I mean? More or less, I'm, I flew down for that night for nothing. I get paid by the night. So you got to pay me for that night. If I'm not working and something happens, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. You're going to give me half, which is, I think is fair. We went at it on the phone. And I told him. Exactly. Talk about you. So we went out with them and went to all those uh, parties. Man, it was great. So much. Because <clears throat> they were going open bars and it was actually actually a good idea. So I was like, by that time, I said, why should I sit in my room and just be pissed off? I said, screw it. I said, because they came knocking on my door. I took off with them. And guess where they took me? Fucking to the Playboy Mansion. Nice. Go, we're going to hit one place first, and then we're going to go to Hugh's party. And I'm like, Hugh, who's, who's you? I'm like, and they go, Hugh Hefner. I was like, what? I said, the Playboy Mansion? They're like, yeah, Halloween party. We got passes. I was like, fucking hey. Best night of my, best Halloween night of my life. I can say as growing up in the business early. It's awesome. Uh, met Hugh a couple times. Met little mini-me. He used to always hang out there in a cart. He would drive around in his cart. Oh, Vern. Vern, Yeah. And I remember Hugh Hefner saying to me, yo, got to get him out of here, man. <laughs> like, because Hugh was cool. Like, if you didn't have a play, if you were just down for a couple of days or something, he would say you could stay here. That's how many rooms that mansion had. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, he had three, two or three houses, like, boom, boom, boom. It was like crazy. And his number one rule was don't go to the left side. Stay out of that. That. Back backyard is for his kids and his wife, I guess, stayed there in that house. Another mansion. But it uh yeah, it was a great time. And another time and then another time we were there, uh, we were staying at Universal Studios. And I remember we met the guys that set up the party after MTV, after the music video awards back in the day when they would actually show music videos. I remember that on fucking MTV instead of my little brat slut bitch <laughs> whore just got pregnant and she's fucking 16 or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, they put the, and they put that shit over. No, they put that shit over, dude. That makes me sick. <laughs> I'm disgusted. <laughs> now, what do you think in... in- three days wait so today we're airing this on in four days xpw is back you know they've had their tv show which is on youtube i think he's gonna have it on fight tv it's gonna be a pay-per-view sunday 
He's going to have, uh, I know he's got Brian Cage. Uh, he's got Silas Young. He's got Schlack. It's going to be a big tournament to crown the champion. Going to be a few death matches in there. It's at the Armory. You know, it's on fight. I'm assuming more people are going to watch it on fight than the Armory. That's a pretty decent sized building to sell out for an indie show on a Sunday. But do you think this is going to do something or do you think it's just going to kind of come and go? As far as affecting WWE and AEW? It's like getting like a weekly TV show again or monthly shows, or do you think it's just kind of going to be a random thing? Depends on how much cash he has. I mean, that's what it comes down to is money. You got to pay money for the guys. You got to pay money for the building. You got to pay money for the ring. You got to pay for everything. I mean, is he that well off? That he could try again, maybe. You know, uh, there's just too much competition, you know, out there now. There's too many hardcore got things out there now that are already have taken the spot of ECW and actually turned it upside down. You know what I mean? I mean, AEW, I think, is the closest thing to ECW there is. Obviously. Oh, no, see, I like GCW, Game Changer Wrestling. Who in a That's month is going to be doing a show from the Hammerstein Ballroom? You know, they're going to be doing a big show from there. Is New York going to let you get, is they going to let Nick Gage go that crazy with the pizza cutter and a light tube in New York? Their athletic commission's a little more, a little stricter there. Oh, yeah, that's right. The athletic commission's strict in New York. Yeah, they have to check all them guys. I don't know, man. Uh... I like Gage. I don't think he's the most talented guy out there, but what he does works. The people love him. He gets flash mobbed when he comes out of that curtain. So he's doing something right. No, he looks good. He put, you could tell he put the work in to get where he's at. You know, he looks good and he could work. That's he, but the difference between him and everybody else in his age and his bracket is look at his body and look at everybody else's body. You know what I mean? I mean, he's the biggest cat there is out there in that age group and that, you know, I guess, uh, error that he's in. That we're in you, know. you know, for me, geez, like, uh, I, I want to see XPW succeed. I like to see anything succeed, but, you know, they're doing what GCW is doing. I can watch, like, oh, we've got G Raver. Okay, well, I've seen G Raver doing his death match in this guy. Everybody that they have, I can see somewhere else that's already done it. So, I, and that's why I just kind of worry. It's like, are you going to stay? And, and you're going to be doing up in the Armory. I think that's New York. Why not go stay on California in the West Coast area there where there is none of this stuff? All that GCW and all that stuff, that's East Coast right now. I mean, I was just, I've been to the West Coast recently. And honestly, they, they should, you should go back there and do it. There's a lot of competition around the East Coast. A lot of independent in New Jersey, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, all over Pennsylvania, New Jer all over New Jersey. Even Delaware is getting built up. Everybody's building it up. North Jersey, South Jersey. Do you think we'll ever see a time like back in the, the, even the time before us, the older, older days, where you could make a living working a territory like in these three cities or these three towns and you travel almost like the town in heels? Do you think that'll ever happen again? 
it's almost as close as that now it's getting. I mean, if I look out every weekend, most of my friends and I were usually working. You know what I mean? I'm used to that being in ECW. I fly out, I go to work Friday, Friday night, whatever. I got Saturday, and then I travel home on Sunday, you know, and that's what pretty much we're all doing now, you know. And obviously, Brian Cage don't have a uh, contract with AE, you know, or they have a in his contract that he can do all the independence he wants, as long as AEW comes first. But they may not. Have, I don't think they gave out a lot of contracts. That's why all these guys were working so much in independence, you know, I mean, there's just so many. Yeah. You know, and before I forget to ask you, Ring of Honor is going on hiatus. Nothing goes on hiatus, you close. You don't go take a, a five-month break, you close, and hopefully you can restructure. They let everybody out of their contracts, too, and the tape libraries for sale, come on. That that I don't think they're coming back. No, they're looking to sell ROH, the logo. Everybody does that. I remember, bro, back in the day when the owner of Combat Zone, the real person who came up with the Combat Zone, was selling it. And I just heard, I'm like, what do you mean selling CZW? Who cares about three letters, CZW? Like, in my mind, I, I didn't think it mattered. I didn't think, it, like, what? Like, I was just telling him, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then come to find out this guy probably paid a lot of money and gave him a ton of cash. And he was, he was bringing that company to Japan. So imagine what Japan was paying him to bring his company there. Yeah, they're the ones that started the light tubes and all that shit and the and the fucking grater. Oh, no, we used the cheese grater. We had the cheese Yeah, grater. Dreamer always said that, and then he'd lick it. Oh, yeah, he's nuts. He would. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> I don't think I'd want Johnny Grunge's blood in my mouth. <laughs> Man, it's like taking a shot of Jack Daniels. <laughs> he would do it with Raven, too. Every time he'd cut him, he'd, go, he'd lick it or something like that. I was like, Jesus, dude. Yeah, I think Bull, Bully Ray had that little that he had. They was into that blood shit to it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I, I remember when Ring of Honor first started. That was Feinstein Company before he uh, had some issues, so to speak. <laughs> there you go. Somebody bought it from him. Yep. You see what I'm saying? He sold three letters. <laughs> it's like RF Video. I mean, he owns that. Uh, he just happened to be lucky and he had a handheld camera and he was at the building and nobody knew who he was. And I remember Paul was like, yo, why don't you film from your camera? So we have like an archive of a different video package. You know what I'm saying? And he did that. And I think he has all the original. That's where I think everybody bought him from. I remember I, every month I was getting my ECW because he, he went with you guys anywhere you went. The fan cam shows, he recorded the house shows, TV yeah. shows, you know, and which basically the TV shows, he was just taping off of uh, 
fucking sports channel and selling them with original commercials or something. But he had to have made a hell of a nice amount of money selling ECW stuff. Of course he did. He made a ton of money. And then that all kind of went away. Ring of Honor, you know, Sinclair. Ring of Honor, I always thought they had people there. Like, I mean, a lot of people passed through there. The the All the Elite, Owens, um, fucking Rollins, Cesaro, Cody, the Bucks. and But they never really caught on. To me, they were always just another indie company with a local syndicated TV show that really wasn't that good. I can't watch that. You know, yeah, I couldn't watch that. Do you think if they would have put the Bucks and Cody and them under contract, they'd be where AEW is now with those guys? They had them there. I'm surprised. Well, I don't know. Vince would have probably reached out to them as well. I want to know who's going to buy these tapes because. Vince wants the tapes because he's got his network. Tony Khan wants to start a streaming service, which seems too soon for a company that's two years old. He wants that footage because all his guys were over there. I mean, they could conceivably have a huge bidding war for those that library. Well, it's, it's Khan's. It's Khan's library. I mean, there's nothing that Vince can say anything about it. I mean, he owns the company. He owns the footage, so... I don't he get Vince could throw millions and millions of dollars at him. He could still say no. Vince ain't got it. I mean, that's the problem. I was just telling my girl. Vince let so many people go that all the signings and conventions are like getting so full because the promoters are actually bringing all them guys in because they just got off television, which makes sense. You know, they're guys to bring in, but other guys are going to cost the most, but it's hurting a lot of other guys. You know, I mean, Vince cut a lot of people out. A lot. I mean, I bet you Charlotte Flair is there, only there because of the father. They're saying she's trying to get fired to go with her uh, boyfriend. I don't, I mean, if she is, she's pretty stupid because she's got a job for life where she is. And I, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of Andrade. I, I, I think he lacks any and all charisma. I think he's good in the ring, but he can't. I don't think he can talk. I don't think he's. He can't talk. He, he can't draw he'll, the people in, so to speak. He's just somebody you don't care about. Yeah, he won't be there long. Speak, he can't speak fluent English, I don't think yet. Like even uh, the Spanish uh, tag team. Oh, the Lucha Brothers. Lucha Brothers. My Phoenix. son's favorite team. Phoenix actually could speak English pretty well right now. And when he first started working, uh, when he started with uh, Lucha Libre, it was called or something. Like oh, that. Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground. Loved yeah. Lucha Underground. Yeah, I, we watched it. It was a good story. Oh, yeah. It was like watching a horror show every week with some wrestling. That's what it looked. That's what it was. It was, it was goofy, but... Because they used all the stunt stuff from Hollywood, which was great. You know, the wood, the wood was fake. <laughs> Tire irons, really plastic, and, you know, I think it's metal. The bottle, it breaks easily over your head. But they had a lot of talent there, man. Mm-hmm. Now, Vince, 
I, I would have had an agent over there like studying that show, saying, look at him, look at him, look at him. Let's get him. Let's bring him in. Let's definitely bring him in. I mean, I don't understand. Uh, AEW snatched up damn near half that roster. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They put uh, everybody like, did you, what's that real tall guy's name? Uh, real tall, he acts like the dragon or something. Oh, uh, the Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus, yeah. Guy can move for his size. Oh my God, he's a great martial artist because you can tell all his kicks that he does. He's been, he did that before he got into the wrestling business. But uh, yeah, Jungle Boy's cool. It's funny how he comes out on his shoulders. I like little Marco Stunt. I'd like, oh, to, see, I'd like to see him wrestle more. The little guy? Yeah. You know, he, he wrestles for Game Changer. He's t- he tears the house down in these matches. He can work his ass off, but over in, I think they realize that the guy's the size of a 12-year-old, so they don't have him really do a lot except take a bump every now and again. Dude, I'll wrestle and have a great match because he weighs 100 pounds. I'll catch him with no problem, man. He can do any move he wants. I did notice that a lot with the AEW guys. They put they depend on each other and they have each other's backs. They do a lot of blind aerials, you know, moves that should be finishing. You know what I mean? Done. Match over. You know, sometimes they do so too many kickouts, too many false finishes. You know, you got it the first three times. That's you know, get us this time and end it. You know what I mean? When they keep going, that's when it's just like, dude, you're making him look like Superman now. You know? Like the cage match with the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. When he when Phoenix dove off the top of that 20-something foot cage, and then they still went for another 10 minutes after that. That should have been the finish, the big dive, because that was the highlight. It made all the reels. But no, they, they got to keep going. That's that's what I'm saying. They just they went too far, you know. Sometimes you got to pull it back a little bit, you know. It just makes sense. Because then, like I said, you, you only have the people for so much, so many minutes, so much time. You know, you want to make sure they understand. You want to tell a story, especially when the match during your whole match, you want to have a story told. So that's I that's like MJ. What's his uh, Morgan Freeman? Yeah, that's my guy now. Your guy. He's a good worker. I'm not saying he's not. But he needs somebody to follow. That's for right now. You know what I mean? He he has fucking got the mic down. That shit's done. He can talk his way through wrestling now. He doesn't even have to work no more. That's how good I think he is on the mic, to be honest with you. Yeah. He could be a he could be another Captain Lou Albano, you know what I mean? Who knows? Or uh, Freddie Blassie, you know what I mean? Bobby Heenan. Yes, exactly. Oh, I love that promo. And he told Sting that one time when Sting hit him, he's like, "Yeah, everybody, everybody that you're with gets hurt. Like even your buddy Lex Luger ends up in a wheelchair." And it's like, who says this shit? You know what I mean? But I mean, it works. The only thing though, I've noticed, depending on who he wrestles, like him and Cody. Good match. Him and Jericho, eh, not a good match. He has to be in there with somebody that he can really lead him, I think, still. I think him and Darby will tear the house down. That should be good. That'll be a good match. 
I love Darby. That's my guy over there. I like I, I know I like how they're building it up too. But like I said, we I watch them and I think uh, they're gonna get they're gonna have a damn pat for this one. They're gonna come up with a match. He has to. If he don't, it's just gonna hurt him more. You know, but like I said, he, he could talk his way out of anything. So that's the best thing about it, man. He's got the mic skills. When him and Jericho go at it with each other, sometimes I think they're just winging it, man. You know what I mean? Because it's if you know what you're if you know what you're supposed to do, and he knows what he's supposed to do, you should be able to wing it. You know what I mean? Like you have to insult me. Well, I'm gonna insult you, all right. <laughs> Jericho's still great on the mic. Yeah, of course he is, man. He's awesome on the mic. And being a lead singer on the band, Fozzie doesn't help. Helps greatly, <laughs> you know. So it just gives him that more. He can out like out talk people or out speak them, you know. And he talks intelligently. I like too. He's he's always been smart since he came to AEW. He's not working with Sting. He's working with a young guy. He's going to work with Orange. He's going to work with MJ. He's working with somebody that's you know twice his age that can kind of carry the pace a little bit as he's as he's getting older it's not disrespect he's just in his 50s now he's getting ready soon not now but eventually he's got to pass the torch so it's going to be that guy that spanish guy has the belt sammy oh i love sammy Guevara. very small though i when i when i saw him against bobby fish i was like god this kid is skinny now you see how skinny he is now you understand because I, I, even I was saying it when my, my lady brought it up. You know, it's like, look at him. He, you can tell. I mean, even when Daniels comes out, like I said earlier, Brian Daniels would come out. I'm like, damn, he looks big. I mean, he's not as big as uh, Wardlow and Lance Lance Archer. I mean, they got a couple big guys, but they got a couple big guys, just a few. How about that? Uh, Jake, well, where's Jake been? Has he been sick? I heard he was like sick, or he's got to be on oxygen now, and everything like that. He's got—I heard he's got a lot of health problems he's dealing with. And the guy that he, that he managed, yeah, Archer. He's a big guy. Did you see that moonsault he pulled the last show, bro? I'm talking this close. I can't believe it didn't hurt his neck. I can't believe it didn't fucking break his neck. I think he was supposed to go over because I couldn't see Eddie Kingston advance. Nothing against Eddie. I like. No, I couldn't see no. Eddie going over that guy in the tournament. No, that they changed that finish in the ring. Absolutely, they changed that finish in the ring. He almost fucking died, bro. I mean, I seen him. My girl saw it, and thank God he's okay because it was it looked bad. And they they changed it in the ring on the fly, and they did a very good job covering it up. And because Eddie's a Eddie's a great worker, bro. He always has been. He just nobody would give him a chance. You know what I mean? I like it. He's great on the mic. I he used to come to my school. You know, sometimes because in Philly, you know, we only had the school one school in Philadelphia. We had a lot of guys coming to our school. I had. I would have about 40 people a night sometimes. And he would be there. And I would, 
you know, he, everybody would always ask questions or whatever. But I always told him, I said, bro, you got, you got to get your get them mic skills there. And he did. I said, and I told him the truth. I said, if you're going to, if you're going to do a promo or you're going to cut a promo, tell the truth. Don't lie. You know what I mean? Look at Flair. I mean, he's telling you what he did last night because he really did it last night. <laughs> so for him, it's easy. You know, it just flowed out of his mouth. and He never had to think of anything because it was already in his head. I mean, do you see what I'm saying? And I used to always tell all my students that, you know, use that to get whatever you have to get across. Across. I always liked when Flair was in the feud with Steamboat in WCW, and Flair's got all the, the escorts with him, you know, all these ladies. And, Woo, Daddy, I'm with all these women last night and all that. And then Ricky Steamboat comes out. Here's his wife, beautiful, beautiful Bonnie. I think she's bringing out, she's in a gown. She's bringing out the baby and, and Ricky Steamboat's like, well, this is all about the family values, Flair. That building booed Steamboat out of the building. They, we wanted, and then I just remember Flair covered. He's like, why don't you go help the missus do the dishes? And then Steamboat started beating him up and got the, you know, he got his shine back. But I just thought it was funny. Here's these guys with his wife and everything. And they're booing him out of the building for this guy who's clearly with parading around a bunch of hookers in a mink coat. Yeah, I'd go, I would go to the gym every morning. And he would always say, hey, you want to see my wife's pictures? She was a model. Legit model, man. She was gorgeous. Oh, oh yeah. Bonnie, Bonnie, that was her. Yeah, and I'm like, come on, Rick, man. You're making me feel like it feels weird that you want me to look at your wife's picture. So I was just like, what is up, man? He would always, like, I guess he was ribbing us, but uh, his wife was beautiful and we actually went to his house and he lives on a little island in South in North Carolina. It's on water and it's surrounded by water. It's a little island, man. It's awesome. I always liked him. He never turned heel either. He was always a face through his whole career. Yeah, but he could work his ass off, man. He's one of the top ten, top shit, three in the business, four in the business easily. Best arm drag in the business. Dude, you said it right there. I mean, I literally, as a, I'm not a mark, but I tried to get my arm drags as well as his arm drag, or take them as well as he would take them. Because I would watch him versus Flair. Uh, Flair versus uh, Macho Man. Macho Man versus him. You know, so I would always watch those matches. And they would go an hour, an hour long. And you're talking 15, 20 arm drags, no problem. You know, they're just warming up. They're just having fun. You know, just taking those arm drags. You know, they're just warming up for the match, man. I'm telling you. It came to, it got to a point where they could do it with their eyes closed, I think. Now, see, now my son, when I said, you got to watch, keep in mind, folks, 12. You got to see the Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, hour-long Chi-Town Rumble, 56-minute match with wins with the chicken wing. <clears throat> One of the best matches ever. We get about 10 minutes in this match. This is so boring because he wants to see the young bucks he wants to see the luch but he wants to see 75 super kicks 15 moon stalls all in the first six minutes you know <laughs> it's advanced so much that i don't think these young kids i don't know what they're going to do in a few years like i said it's getting to the point now you have to be an act actually a fucking gymnast to be in our business what the fuck is that you know what i mean uh, 
That's why I love Moxley. You know, like that's the true grit wrestler right there. My my, you know, he's younger than me, but that's how I was brought up that way. To work that way, work strong, jab style. Work. My son does like Mox a lot. He always has. Yeah. You know, if you, if you notice, everything is snug and stiff. I mean, he he lets you know before, like I'm gonna lay it in. No problem. I'm laying it in. No problem. That's great. That's fucking great. I always liked him because we went to, when he was Dean Ambrose and he was feuding with Jericho, they did a Monday Night Raw here. And after the, you know, when the camera stops, Jericho gets back in the ring and he's running his mouth, basically practicing for what he's going to say next week. Mox comes out there. They, Mox, you know, hits the paradigm shift or whatever he called the back then, sends the crowd home happy. Mox went around the whole everywhere to you know shake hands with everybody and then he went around a second time backwards to do it all again in case he missed anybody so i always thought that was pretty class act because my son didn't get him the first time but then he came back the second time and slapped everybody else my son was all i mean my son had been like i think eight or nine at the time like i shook john moxley's hand you know but that made his day i would say if you think about it moxley was too young to get an ECW. He probably tried to. He did get in combat zone. He's like the second Sandman coming. That's how I look at it. You know, he's drunk. He drinks. He always he likes his Jack Daniels, bro. Believe me. Oh, his one <laughs> shirt looks like a Jack Daniels design. <laughs> oh, yeah. It has that shirt. Yeah, he, no, he fucking slams that. So, believe me, they... I'm telling you, man, AEW is so much like ECW was. I'm just telling you. Except with all the, well, I mean, we had Rey Mysterio and fucking Hoovy Guerrero, and we had everybody. We had Eddie, we had Dean Malenko, we had Jericho too. So it's like that all over again, bro. It's just another generation doing it. That's how I look at it. You guys got to start breaking tables better, though. That's all. I yeah, Britt Baker I couldn't put, break that table to save her life on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that she she that ruined it that ruined it she even tried to put that girl through it the second time and it, it didn't even and that's a bigger girl that she was smashing through it didn't didn't even bend it well they should have gimmicked that table then for the girl but when uh taz's boy put punk tried to put punk through the table oh yeah it just it. bounced it blew it, man. He blew it. It blew it. I mean, you could hear it in the crowd. It just went, ah. like they were waiting for that crash. And then you would have heard that, yeah. And you, you didn't get it because you, you didn't do it right. At least Britt covered it with thumbtacks a few minutes later. So that got everybody. But everybody loves the thumbtack spot. Oh, yeah. I she ain't it. afraid to go in them either. I'm not. It, it, I, to me, it's a pain in the ass, taking them out of your boots. After the match, that to me, it, that's what it is. I mean, I've been in thumbtacks plenty of times, but I stay away from glass and light tubes. That's not my shit. And if I do do it, you're gonna pay me a lot of fucking money. What about in CZW when they use those fucking gusset plates? I saw this one guy; they pounded in his fucking head, and it took him like ten minutes to pry it out. That's a road spike, for God's sakes! You'd have to pay me a lot of money to do that. Dude, I was even saying to myself, like, what is what the fuck is he doing? Like, they're mutilating their bodies. They're actually taking a chance on one move from putting them in a wheelchair. I don't think they realize that. 
I mean, to them, I don't know if they're just some of the shit that they did is just. And I was in ECW, so for me to say that that was some of the shit that I seen them do was that fucking crazy. That I gotta admit it was insane. You know what I mean? I gotta get I mean when I saw Zandig and Joey Janela, and that's how Joey Janela got over. Hi, Joey. Yeah, he did the spot off the ECW Arena building onto the back of a pickup truck. Yeah, that they lit on fire and everything. <laughs> I gotta give him. I gotta give him credit for the balls because. I wouldn't do it unless I was fucking whacked, bro. I mean, how about the how about the weedy the weed whacker that they did in CZW? Dude, my boy, I trained. Stuff. Listen, it's funny you say that, you know, because I trained Devin Moore. I trained you guys out there. You got to come come to this December eighteenth at the ECW Original Arena, the twenty three hundred building. We're gonna be there. I'll be there with Just Incredible and Devin Moore. Who used to come to my school and work for combat stuff. You're talking about with the weed whacker was my boy that I trained. Wife beater was his name. He came out of the Marines and came right to my school. Right out straight out of the Marine Corps. So I had a couple of, I mean I trained Trent Acid. He'd be a, he'd be a fucking superstar right now if he didn't pass away. He was getting over like like over like Rover. I mean, I know for a fact that he was invited to the to the fucking Bret Hart house to talk business to help train some his kid. I mean, that that's how good this kid was. But he was one of those guys that have been taken from us. So it sucks. But uh, White Beater was the guy that broke out the weed whacker, and I even told him he was crazy, man. I said, "Why are you taking that, man? He's not paying you that much money." But he didn't care. He's like, I got to get over. 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 So they actually went beyond to get over them guys. But they, I mean, look how long they've been around. You know, like I said, somebody keeps buying them out. Well, the Weed Whacker was, it had to be 20 years ago. Yeah. Maybe a little bit longer than that, but everybody remembers it. Well, Zandig, I think, was running it. Plug Zandig. Yeah. He was the one who's that started it. I mean, I'm not lying. He came to my school, you know, and he, he asked me and Anthony because we, we were in ECW. So we had a school with Billy, you know, for us. And then, because we were always looking for talent to work for ECW. And then Taz with Perry Saturn had their school in New York. So we would, you know, if we brought somebody in, you know, they would look at them. You know, if we had somebody that we thought we you know, we got somebody here ready to go, you know. And uh, most of my guys, I mean, I gave a few of them a chance to get in the ECW, somebody, some or other thing out of my control. They couldn't get in. Uh, but most of my guys always worked in combat. Zone. I mean, they always were in. I, I remember I, they would... I'd be like, you're ready to go. You're good. You're done. You go book, get all the bookings you can when you're out. You know what I'm saying? I'll even help you. I'll even give you a, re- a resume. You know, the, you know, I train you. Just, you know, let me know. And a lot of my guys were said, we're going to go to combat zone. I said, all right, go for it. You know, get, get over a little bit. 
I said, don't hurt yourself. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't too crazy then. It was just, they were just doing the, that's when the Maximo, Maximo SATs were there. And we were actually taking them and they were working for 3PW, the Jazz in St. Clair, because I worked for her. And that's how far it goes back. They were doing the Spanish fly. Shit, nobody did back then. You know what I mean? But now, I mean, so like I said, another guy bought it, and there you go. But like I said, Van Dig owned it, and that's when the uh, wife beater was working for him, and uh, the backseat boys, that's Johnny Cashmere and Trent were a tag team. Uh, yeah, well, he, had a guy, he ended up getting a nice group of guys together that worked hard and worked 150%, you know, and they would do anything to get over, anything. They got to the point where they were breaking the light tubes because they knew we weren't going to go there. We weren't going to the light tubes. VCW was not doing light tubes. Somebody would have died. Okay? Because if I'm in ECW with light tubes and I smash it over your head and it breaks and I have a nice piece left, it's going in your throat, man. So they knew not to bring that in. Especially, imagine, you guys with light tubes. I mean, come on. I know he did them, but it's still the point, man. It gets to a point when you're in a ring with somebody, okay, am I safe now or am I unsafe? You know, when you're messing around with that shit. So that's how I look at it. You know, it's like, you know, recently I went up north and worked with somebody and he's like, oh man, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I want to fly across the ring and hit you with a fucking uh, Vince McMahon son that does with the trash can. Oh, the coast to coast thing? Like, oh, man, the man. coast to coast. You know, and I'm like, you fuck why you could get to the top you climb the top rope i go he's like well i got the cage there i'm like well that's not for <laughs> i just grabbed my head like this is a fucking house show man there's 400 people out there and you want to go coast to coast on me so i i, I said no splash but he, he I, I took the coast to coast and he still killed me <laughs> you know you're three almost 400 pounds and he wants to go coast to coast Jesus. Yeah, you know what I mean? Come on, I'm not I'm relaxed, brother. Chill, you know. They still a lot of guys still don't get it, man. That's all I got to say. I guess with that, do you have any I know you got some stuff you gotta get doing tonight? You got uh, anything else to add this week? No. Uh I've been watching the World Series following football. My Steelers won. So I'm happy about that. I've become addicted to the TV show Riverdale. Riverdale? Yeah, it's like Archie and Jughead and all them. And I always thought it would be kind of lame. It was one of them CW shows. Oh, my God. Satanic cults, serial killers, mob hits, fucking biker gangs uh, selling drugs. If you're a horror fan, it's a show you really need to check out. I I, I can't stress enough. How you, I mean, there's a guy like the Zodiac, the Black Hood in season two. He's fucking killing all the sinners in town, writing letters to the cops and shit. It's, it's really good. Wow. What? Netflix. Uh, Netflix. Okay. Watching that and Squid Games. So I'm, I'm bummed that horror story's over. I got to wait now. Another about a year, year and a half. That sucks. Watch Riverdale. Yeah. 
You'd like uh, it. How about Ozark? Somebody said Ozark's supposed to be. It's kind of like it remind that one reminds me a little bit of Sons of Anarchy. Oh, okay. Probably not as good. Not as good. Better. Sons of Anarchy's real good. What's the name of that show again? Let's plug it again. Riverdale. Riverdale. All right. I'm gonna try. I'll check it out. If anything, it'll occupy 50 minutes, 40 minutes of your time. Yes, watch two. Will. Gotta watch two. Oh, okay. At least two of them. I got so it'll it. occupy an hour and a half of your time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Sounds good. Uh, by the way, I did see the Halloween. I thought that was awesome. It was. He Man, he killed the whole town. Yeah, he, he went off, man. I actually like this was one of the best ones they did. I think they alluded to did. Now he is kind of supernatural or something because the way he hulked up on everybody. So it's yeah, it's it's better that they had to do that, man. It was that's what was fucking killing it. But when he got up though, he should have went. So I pull science like very bad, very, very, very bad. (laughs) (laughs) That always works. All right, man. Here's everybody. Thank you. Have a good week. All righty.